It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show, James Van And welcome to Car Cone Carney. I'm James Van Ostel. Before we begin tonight, I want to mention I am drinking as we speak, as I live and breathe, well-being, the Hellraiser, amber, non-alcoholic beer. If you're looking for a break from beer with booze in it, this is legit. It's craft beer. They just take the alcohol out. There was a time, a long stretch of time, I would say decades, when non-alcoholic beer flat out sucked. Well-being's figured this out. I love the beers they have. Their IPAs are great. Decades. When non alcoholic beer flat out sucks. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm making a pitch, Mike Vanderbilt, my guest. I was trying to share it. I appreciate that. So, anyway, well being, if you want to give it a shot, do it with my promo code. My promo code is JVO. Take 10% off your order at wellbeingbrewing.com. I, I don't mention this enough. This is a podcast. This, uh, yes, you're, you may be watching on video on Facebook or YouTube. It's still an audio podcast that's released on all the platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, etc. cetera. Uh, if you're on one of those platforms, make sure to subscribe, tell a friend, word of mouth certainly helps. And if you missed it over the past couple of months, I've had guests like Naked Raygun and Urge Overkill and the Plain White Tees. Uh, episode 700 of this podcast featured 14, 14 people that I used to work on the air with at Q101. Lots of fun stuff to kind of dive into. I, I would never suggest binging me but the podcast is, in fact, bingeable. So tonight, changing the topic, you know, there are a handful, or there is a handful of horror movies that fans can agree are undisputable classics. Exorcist, sure, Halloween, definitely. And you can add Dawn of the Dead, the original, 1978 to the list. George A. Romero's second zombie movie came 10 years after The Night of the Living Dead debuted and scared the bejesus out of baby boomers. And Dawn of the Dead is completely unavailable on streaming services. Enter the music box of horrors showing Dawn of the Dead and midnight shows Friday and Saturday night. Most of us never got to see Dawn of the Dead in the theater in 78. So being able to see it at the music box, kind of a big deal. And joining me to talk about the movie is one of Carcon Carney's favorite guests, a cinephile of the highest order. Also one of Chicago's most beloved bartenders, the honorable Mike Vanderbilt. Thank you for having me on, James. And in fact, in 1978, you weren't able to see Dawn of the Dead in Chicago because it didn't make its way to theaters here until May of 1979, May 4th of 1979, actually. Was that a distribution thing or was that like a censorship or? It was more distribution than anything else. Uh, Like, I I believe now this is me theorizing, but I believe it was just a. So back then, I don't know, for your younger, for your younger viewers, for your younger listeners, before all movies went into a ride release, sometimes there was maybe like a small screening and like uh, Halloween did like a single theater. And I want to say St. Louis before it went wide. So you probably didn't see Halloween in Chicago until 1979 either. So it would open small theaters across the country. They'd slowly roll it out or they'd do a road show or anything, something. And then this was, I believe, a wide release in May of 79. And when it came to Chicago, it played at... The Roosevelt, the Marquette, and the Three Penny, if anybody remembers any of those great old theaters. And in addition, some drive-ins uh, around the uh, suburbs. and some. And the Three theaters. Penny, people may not know, that's basically Lincoln Hall. 
Yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, I always love, as, as you know, I ho- co-host the Windy City Double Feature Picture Show podcast, and I always like when a theater is that we cover on that show is still standing, even if it they usually yeah. end up being a music venue. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So that's interesting. So only a handful of theaters. So really, everybody missed this the first time around. Hey, is this I'll one of those like, movies? Is this one I'll of those movies you, that, that really took off once it hit video? I, I think so. Well, but you know, when it came out theatrically, it was well reviewed. Siskel gave it three stars uh, in essentially a rave review. And uh, contrary to the other big uh, horror release that week, Phantasm, which he gave one star to. Uh, he was not as big a fan and all that. I think that's a favorite of yours. I know it's a favorite of mine. It's I, I have a love hate with Phantasm. I, I love it visually. I love the characters and the overall concept. I don't love any of the stories. Here's the thing about Phantasm, except that it's an American giallo and that a lot of it's not going to make sense and just take it all in and you'll appreciate it more. But back to Dawn of the yes, back to Dawn of the, back to, <laughs> back to Dawn of the Dead. Um, yeah, and uh, I think it, it became a, a big hit on home video. It would be you know routinely re-released on double bills. Uh, there's countless. There's there's three different cuts, three different commercially available cuts of this movie, and we are showing the theatrical cut, which is essentially George Romero's director's cut, not the extended cut, um, at 127 minutes. So again, this is the music box. We're recording and releasing this on uh, February 2nd, which is Wednesday night. This coming weekend, midnight shows, Friday and Saturday night at the music box. Like if you're going to see this movie anywhere, it's there and then. Now, you've, you mentioned uh, we mentioned off mic that it, this is not available to stream anywhere. So unless you have a, a Blu-ray or an old DVD copy, it's it's harder to get it tanned on. And it's because it's kind of it's not in rights limbo, but the rights are owned by just uh, one guy. One guy owns the rights. And when to arrange a screening, you got to negotiate with him. And we had worked on this for the with our friend Dee Dee Crimmins, who is a Chicago film writer. We had worked on getting this for Halloween night at the Music Box of Horrors Dawn of the Drive-In this past October. And it just didn't come to fruition in time because you're, you know, countless people dealing with other countless people. And it was that's why it's such it, it's such a it's a dream. It's a dream to program it here at the that's Music bad. Box. Um, on, not 35 millimeter, but it's a terrific 4K DCP that I think looks great. I think fans are really going to be into this. Mike, when there's no more room in hell, our interview will walk the earth. Indeed, it will. Indeed, it will. Um, what a great tagline. One of the all time great, great taglines tag- for real. And I love when they say the tagline in a movie and Ken Faree's speech in this where he mentions that is is chilling. And this is a, you know, a rare movie where I think the comedy and the horror really work well together. It's not necessarily a whiplash thing. It just feels right. Uh, do you remember the first time you saw Dawn of the Dead? Not specifically. I mean, I can tell you it happened in the 1980s. I rented it at my local mom and pop video store, watched it on VHS when my parents weren't around. That's that's it. I, I remember I had, of course, been aware of it because I was uh, I was I was subscribing to Fangoria at a very young age and um, I had read about it for years. And I don't think any of the mom and pop stores had it or I just never grabbed it. But a friend taped it off the late night show on WGN. Nice. And uh, I immediately went out and had to go buy it. Because I said this this the, just the the assault by the SWAT team on the housing project sold me. In fact, my uncle, I believe, saw it at the Marquette 
1979. And he said the audience was, went bonkers when the lady's like, oh, baby, you're home. And he comes in and takes a big bite out of her. Well, what is it? How did George Romero tap into this? This genre so beautifully and so lastingly and so influentially. You know, it's a, it's a good question because so like the original Night of, Living De- Night of the Living Dead, it's known as an iconic horror film, but it's really just a great example. Like it's it's an iconic example of independent cinema. These guys did it all on their own and it became a worldwide smash. Everybody knows Night of the Living Dead. And I think he just had a healthy dose of cynicism about the world in him. And I think maybe that's central to all the best horror movies uh, mm-hmm. that uh, that we all love. Well, that first one, I mean, obviously we're talking about Dawn of the Dead, but that first one, I can't imagine what a shock to the system that was in the time of its release in 1968. The black and white, I think, makes it all the more horrifying. Well, it gives a kind of a documentary kind of vibe to it that I really dig. And like you're watching this happen. Uh, one of my favorite lines in the original Night of the Living Dead is when they're interviewing the guy on the TV and he goes, yeah, yeah, they're they're dead. They're all messed up. And it gets the movie gets a lot of credit, deservedly so, for having a person of color as a protagonist. Absolutely. And I and George Romero to this day, or he has since passed away, but always said that he was just the best guy for the role. That was never intentional on his part to make that to make a statement on that. In fact, I don't know if he thought he was making a statement on anything. The movie has been, you know, looked at for so many years and you can kind of take away what you go in there with. And maybe it was kind of just in the air, in the water, in the ether, as I say about that. Uh, One thing I love about Dawn of the Dead, I think one of the scariest moments of Dawn of the Dead, though, is the opening in the newsroom. And I did a I did a visual essay for Consequence of Sound a couple of years ago about this, because I honestly like the, the panic and the mania that's going on in that newsroom where nobody's listening to one another. I believe that's exactly what would happen. And I, I certainly don't want to compare Romero's zombie invasion to anything that happened over the past two years in America, but I think we've proven to ourselves that that would actually, that's true. There's, there's a lot of truth in the opening Uh of Dawn of the dead. It's interesting. I, I have seen it a few times, but it's been quite a while. And I had that thought, well, I'm going to talk to Vanderbilt. I should watch it again before we chat. And I realized, Oh my God, I can't. And that just underscores how special this two night midnight screening is. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen Dawn of the Dead on a big screen. So my intent is to go to the Friday screening for this one. I've seen Night of the Living Dead there, actually at the Music Box in the smaller theater. But this is going to be in a big room, big sound, that goblin score just pulsating throughout the room. And I imagine, I, 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 look, people who you're listening to this, it's not sold out yet. I can't believe that. So snatch your tickets up now. Don't miss this one. For people who haven't seen it and are aware of it, maybe they saw the the remake in 2004, was it? It was about there. uh, Who is it? Zack Snyder did the remake. Yeah. A lot of people like that one, but it's not necessarily my style. I don't like any movies made after 1997, as we've discussed on the show before. We have. So for someone who hasn't seen it or maybe is only familiar with the more recent version, what are what are they in store for? Uh, I mean, this is this is uh, it's 1978. George Romero finally making the sequel to the movie that put him on the map after, uh, you know, he had a couple interesting films that he came out with throughout there, like Martin, which is another one that's hard to find on streaming that's worth tracking down. And it's about uh, a bunch of people hold up in a mall uh, as the zombie, uh, the zombie plague overtakes America. And 
event eventually we learn as we do in most of these movies the real enemy is always man the real <laughs> monster is always man uh, but you're going to get some of the best you're going to get all-time gore effects from tom zavini uh that terrific mix of romero's you know slapstick humor and pathos and you know criticism of consumerism and uh, like i said a terrific goblin score memorable mm-hmm. characters uh, what else? What else? What else could you want from a movie? It's the Empire Strikes Back of horror movies. This is clearly an influential moment in horror cinema. Can all of zombie movies in the present day be traced back to this one? Was this it? Was this kind of the Rosetta Stone for all the modern zombies? I movies? think even maybe even more so than Night of the Living Dead, because yeah. I think even at this point, even Romero kind of. Uh, what I want to say, like narrowed down, nailed what he wanted to do with these movies. And it's that mix of humor and the horror that I think uh, punctuates a lot of the best zombie movies, including Return of the Living Dead, which is not a sequel, but it's from the co-writer of from the co-writer of Night of the Living Dead, John Joe Russo. And it takes place in a universe where the Night of the Living Dead movies are real, but they're based on actual events. And I, I honestly, I saw that one in the theater, Return of the Living Dead. It was either at the Biograph or the Three Penny. That was, is that is one that gets better every time I watch uh-huh. it. Like a, 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 a horror action picture that truly delivers uh, on all fronts. And comedy, right. too. It's also very funny. So Music Box of Horrors. I love that this is this is. Yeah, we haven't really got haven't really got to talk about that. Well, you you had Katie Rife on for January when we did the uh, Suicide Club screening there. Uh, So it's essentially it's me, Katie, Ryan Ostrike, the GM of uh, Music Box Theater and Will Morris, who has been the main man behind the Music Box of Horrors 24 hour marathon for the past couple of years. We uh, we're a team that brought the drive in to Pilsen and Ryan really uh, he's truly a visionary uh, and he knows when he sees something good and he says, you guys want to come back and do this monthly and really give Chicago horror fans a place to go. Cause we do have the best horror fans last month. Oh, we no. did January Giallo in collaboration with cinematic void out in Los Angeles. And uh, I hosted last Wednesdays, which as you know, it was during uh, a week of very nasty weather here in Chicago. As and opposed we... to this week, which is a week of very nasty weather in Chicago. <laughs> well, you know, the, what's great about this week is that I'm crossing my fingers that tomorrow will be 90 degrees and all the snow will melt because uh-huh. that shit does happen. It does. Right? If you, uh, 10 years ago, when the thunder snow thing happened, uh, the great snow apocalypse, it, it was all melted within a couple of days. Uh, it's also been referred to as Antarctica. Antarctica. <laughs> I haven't heard that say. one yet. But, Hard to say. But, but, but that's good. I like that. So uh, don't let a little snow stop you from coming and seeing Dawn of the Dead this week. And like I said, we don't know if, I mean, usually we use, if we program something, we like to keep like a good distance in between the times we put it out there again. So you probably won't see an official sanctioned, you know, licensed screening of Dawn of the Dead for quite some time. And we are in the dead of winter. Like what, what sounds better than going to see a movie? It's my it's it's one of my favorite things to do, and I haven't been to a, a midnight movie in a minute. And midnight movies were always one of my favorite things to do in my 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 teens and my twenties. Uh, me too, and I would have to explain to my parents. No, really, I'm going to see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if we ever talked about it in this show, but my parents would let me. You know, I live on the south side of Chicago. My parents would let me take the minivan up to the old 400 theater in Rogers Park when I was 17, so we'd go see Rocky Horror Picture Show. 
Oh my God, for sure. Over on oh, Sheridan Road. Great story. When we got the car towed, and this is pre-cell phone era, where we had to walk in full costume to Lincoln Towing, the great, which the, is nowhere near there. The the great pirates of Chicago to go uh, bail my mom's uh, my mom's Astro fan out of the hot. So you walk there. So for perspective, for people in Chicago, that's basically Pratt and Sheridan to Lawrence and Clark. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't want I'd be very upset about it if I had to do it now. Oh but God. at 17 at 17 years old, it was an adventure. But, you know, one guy is dressed as Brad in a my buddy Dan's dressed as Brad in a in nothing but a bathrobe and. Uh, I'm dressed as Eddie, you know, just uh, this teen of this crew of teenage miscreants walking down the street. I mean, uh, you know, though nobody probably even batted an eye at a Saturday night walking sure. to Rogers Park. No. Well, that time of day for sure. <laughs> All right. So if people want to go see Dawn of the Dead, the original at the music box in two midnight shows, do they go to the music box website? What do they do? Music box website. That's the easiest way to do it. Get your tickets now because what I've realized with a lot of these uh, events that we've been doing is that we do get a lot of walk-ups. So don't count on, don't count on walking up on Friday or Saturday night. Uh, get your tickets now, uh, two screenings Friday and Saturday at midnight. And this probably won't happen for a long time in Chicago. So I don't th- you really don't want to miss this. If you're a fan of horror movies, I didn't know this movie. And I don't think I have never talked to anybody who doesn't like That's it. this movie. I, I know, you know, some people, I don't really like the original night on Elm street. There's some people who maybe don't dig on Halloween, but I think Dawn of the Dead, and I even think younger viewers who maybe have haven't seen this one, this would be great. This this is the place to check it out for the first time. For real, do you realize one year ago today, you, you know what I was doing? Talking one year you. ago today? Was Talking it one year ago today? Uh huh. Oh man, one of many times. I, I don't know which time it was, but I, I was looking back and I, I realized, oh, I was doing a podcast interview with Mike Vanderbilt. On February well, you'll 2nd, have to, you'll, have to, you'll have to bring me on when I win best bartender in Chicago at the, in the Chicago Reader Poll, right? I, you know, that, that's a very reasonable thing. I voted <laughs> for you. Well, Hope thank you. Hit. Every vote counts and your vote is appreciated. It's J, old JVO. Thank you. Uh-huh. All right. Mike Vanderbilt, Dawn of the Dead, this weekend, Midnight Shows, Stone Cold Classic, and you, Mike Vanderbilt, Stone Cold Fox. Thank you. I try. <laughs>